Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello and welcome back to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Scout, your host, and I'm excited to be here. It has been a while since I have recorded this podcast late at night, but Here I am today. We had a little bit of a crazy day since at Scouts Agency, we are opening up an office. I signed a lease for an office last week, which is absolutely wild, especially since I told myself earlier this year that I would never open an office again since I was so, so loving working from home. But you know, you hit a point. You hit a point where you would like to see other people or you would like to put on a nice pair of pants and walk out the door and not necessarily live in sweatsuits. So I signed an office last week. I signed a lease. Sorry. I signed a lease to an office last week. So um, me and the team met. We mapped it all out. We started ordering furniture, all of the good stuff. So here I am recording this episode, hopping on because this is become my happy place. This has become my happy place, this podcast where I get to connect with all of you on a layer deeper when it comes to entrepreneurship and mental health. And coming soon is, well, it's not really coming soon, I guess, but in the office that uh, we're moving into, there will be a little podcast studio. So I'm going to decorate that really beautifully and record all of these episodes there video them so that you guys can get some good reels, maybe put it on YouTube. So I'm really excited about that. Interior decorating, interior designing is very exciting. It makes me enter into lands of inspiration, of design. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Architectural Digest. I'm picking color palettes. I'm picking inspiration and mood and energy and vibe. I think the, well, the office has a lot of concrete 
accents, a lot of concrete walls, really beautiful big windows. So we're going to go with um, black accents everywhere. So anyways, enough about that. I'm just saying that a podcast studio is coming soon for me to record this podcast at, which is going to make this space for me, for you, I feel as if maybe a little bit more vibrant with some exciting and good ambiance energy instead of me recording these on my couch every single time. So before we get into this episode where I am going to give you three ways or three tips, I should say, three tips to transfer over or to transition over from being a solopreneur to a CEO. These are three mindset shifts as well as things that I really had to put in place for myself to go from Scout's agency being just me to a team of six today. But before I hop into that, uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel or my agency at Scout's Agency on Instagram, you know that this past week we have been doing a really big campaign celebrating the women that we have supported this last year, which was over 40 women, as well as the fact that we booked over 300 podcast episodes. So we booked our 40 clients on over 300 podcast episodes, which is pretty fucking crazy. So we had a whole week long celebration over there. And on Friday, I announced the giveaway that I've been teasing for a little bit. I announced the Emotional Entrepreneur Fund. One emotional entrepreneur is going to win $1,500 to put towards her business to either grow, scale, or launch it. And she's going to win a one-hour consulting session with me, which is valued at $500, so that we can strategically plan her business's expansion. I, as you all know, am pretty still fresh off my book launch of The Emotional Entrepreneur, and I feel as if week three after book launch, or I should say probably mid-September, I started asking myself, what's next? What do I do with this movement? Because... I was recognizing that I wrote this book because I saw a gap in the market when it came to the emotional experience of entrepreneurship, and that was my inkling because that was my experience. Once I saw how much it resonated with all of you, I knew that this movement of emotional entrepreneurship needed to go far beyond a book. And so I was busy with my normal way of thinking of what do I create? Should I do a six-month mastermind? Should I do group coaching? Should I become a coach? Should I, you know, create a subscription model? Should I write my next book? There were so many ideas circulating through my mind that suddenly, as I was trying on all these ideas and none of them really feeling super aligned with myself, I suddenly realized that I was asking myself the wrong question. 2021 was the year of creation for me. It was the year of taking action. It was the year of making big dreams come true with my book launch, with scaling the agency. And this next phase of this movement for me, I felt as if was not something that I was going to create and take action on, but it was something that I was going to give back and to support with, to serve. And so I was driving one day and I just had this idea. I want to give back to one woman. I want to help someone's business move forward in a really, really tangible, meaningful, and impactful way. So Scout's agency is giving away $1,500 to one emotional entrepreneur and a one-hour consulting session with me. So if you have not seen this on Instagram, here's how to apply. You're going to go, uh, I'll put all this in the link, by the way, in the show notes. 
Uh, the three ways to apply is to follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel and Scouts Agency. You're going to comment two friends, tag two friends in the comments of the reel that I posted, which lives on both of our profiles. And then you're going to fill out the application, which I will link here as well, which essentially gives me all the information on your business and what you would put this money towards. And for extra credit, you can share the reel to your stories and tag myself at Scout Sobel and at Scouts Agency. So the deadline to apply is tomorrow, Wednesday, December 8th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we will be announcing the winner on Friday, December 10th. So good luck, everybody. It's been amazing to see all of your applications. Truly like crazy, crazy to see all of your applications. And we will be going through them very diligently with an open heart on Wednesday and Thursday. And the winner will be announced Friday. So yeah, good luck. I am beyond excited that this is something that my agency is in a position to do. And this level of support, this magnitude of support, this type of resourceful support is something that I, one, hold very dear to my heart is something that I've always wanted to do and want to continue to do. So if you are a woman who has either started her business, is an entrepreneur, or is about to start, this fund is for you. Okay. Let's get into the meat of the episode. Three ways to go from solopreneur to CEO. This transition, I, you know, I haven't been a solopreneur for a while. And for those who are wondering what a solopreneur is, a solopreneur is someone whose business is just them. So they don't have a team. Uh, the entire business operations, everything moves forward with you. You are the business. So I haven't been a solopreneur since about month seven or eight of Scouts Agency, which was now almost three years ago. But I really felt as if in the last two years, as I've a little bit over two years, as I as I've been more of an entrepreneur, it wasn't until the end of this year that I became a CEO. And the mindset shifts, I've identified three really big mindset shifts that allowed me to go from solopreneur to entrepreneur to CEO. And I think that when one enters the CEO space, it's almost sort of this arrival that announces a different level of a different level of analyzing your business, a very different level of running your business. It becomes so much more strategic and so much more streamlined and so much more productive in a way that it becomes almost an ecosystem where everyone has their role and their part and it all has to work seamlessly for the business to move forward. And the role of the CEO is to make sure and oversee that large order of operations to make sure everyone's job is being done in the proper way to move the needle forward. So the first thing that I had to get very, very, very comfortable with that I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is job delineation and allowing your team to do their jobs. As the owner of the business, especially if you have been used to being a solopreneur for a while or your team really only consists potentially of a part-time assistant and there hasn't really been a role in your business where someone is taking full ownership of that position and that workload, it is very difficult for the entrepreneur to sit back and to not jump in when something might be a little bit off or to not pick up the workload when, you know, something didn't go quite according to plan. 
this is difficult because obviously as the owner, our businesses are our lifelines. And if there is something that is threatening that, we jump into high alert, right? Which is, you know, for better or for worse, many times we live in that fight or flight, uh, fight or flight reaction. So for me, I had had a team, but it really wasn't until the middle of 2021 where I realized that this ship is only going to sail in the direction we need it to sail if I am not jumping in and assisting the women that I've hired within their jobs. If I'm not jumping in and being like, yeah, I'll take care of pitching last minute or let me handle that or I'll build the list, whatever it might be. Because that really actually disempowers them to either A, learn on the job, understand the scope of the job, and then that doesn't allow them to build their muscle to feel confident in the job. It's, I kind of equate it very similar to like enabling your children in many ways. You know, if you jump in at all times, they don't know how to take care of themselves. And so I used to jump in just because I had that fear that hawk-like view over my business. But actually when you don't jump in and you allow the person who you hire to fulfill that role, figure out the best way forward under your guidance, of course, and your suggestion, but having them actually move forward and complete the task, complete the workload, solve the problem, put out the crisis that is at hand, it allows them to get very, very comfortable in their job, very confident in their job, very strong in their job position, allowing you to not focus on the things that you hired them for, but rather the things that are going to make the ship sail. So I always like to remind myself that everything that I think is a life or death situation for the agency is not. I definitely go into heightened mode because as I said before, this is my lifeline, this is my baby. And so If you are struggling with allowing your team to do the work and stepping back in times where you might feel a little bit uncomfortable, remind yourself that when you feel uncomfortable and when you feel the need to jump in, take a step back, take a deep breath, and really assess the situation at hand. Is your nervous system lying to you? Is this rise in anxiety not necessarily proportional to the situation at hand? And truly, what is the worst case scenario if you allow someone that you hired that you admire and respect and feel as if can do the job, if you allowed them to figure it out and and drive it home? Oftentimes, it's such small scenarios that looking back, obviously, you know, hindsight's 2020, looking back, you can identify it as something small, but it does feel uncomfortable for the entrepreneur to not have their hands in every pot. So know it's going to feel uncomfortable and know that in that uncomfortability is the growth moment that you get to allow your team to strengthen themselves and feel empowered. That strength and empowerment is going to allow you to feel safe in your business because you will trust that they got it no matter what. And it will allow you to sit back in your seat and work on the things that you need to work on to move your business forward. The second tip is all around your time. So Rachel Rogers in her book, We Should All Be Millionaires, she really, really taught me this concept of really understanding and quantifying and putting a dollar number to your hourly wage per se, to your hourly rate. Take what you pay yourself, divide it by all the things and figure out how much an hour that really boils down to. 
using that to identify whether things are worth it or not for you to spend your time on is going to make sure that you are very, very focused and very specific and purposeful with what you do. For example, I, my dog, Looney, ate one of my AirPods. And so I was at the mall and there was the Apple store and I just walked in and I thought that I could just really quickly order a right ear AirPod, just one. And I went in and since it was more of a repair, it wasn't like a straightforward purchase, I would have had to make a genius appointment and come back. And I said, okay, and how much would that cost? That would cost $75 to get one of my AirPods replaced. And so I thought to myself, I calculated it all. I'd have to make the genius appointment. I'd have to drive over to the mall, wait for the genius appointment to happen, whatever. Maybe there's a delay. They look it over. They give me the new one and I go home. It's probably a two-hour errand. And within that two hours, I calculated it. Is those Are those two hours worth saving $70 when I could spend those two hours on sales calls, potentially, you know, signing a, a a four to six month retainer on those two hours running this errand to save $70. Could I send out sales emails? Could I strengthen my team, allowing them to process their daily tasks better? Could I strategize business development? Could I record this podcast? And so suddenly you start to really, really view your time and you're willing to pay more to get back that time so that you can spend it in ways that actually move the needle forward. So right then and there, when I calculated it all in my mind, I just bought the $150 new pair of uh, AirPods and I went home and I did not have to run that two-hour errand and I got time back within my business to move the needle forward, paying an extra $75 to not waste my time there actually allowed me to build and scale revenue and strengthen my business in other ways. So starting to really, really think about, is this worth my time? And you know, juggle those two, put them on the scale and figure that out because oftentimes we're so ingrained to, oh, well, if it's going to save me $75, I'm going to do it. But in saving that $75, you are trading two hours of your time and what opportunity cost are you leaving at the table? In what ways could those two hours have expanded your business significantly and paid you back more than $75? So for me, I have gotten so comfortable with outsourcing outsourcing, 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 you know, uh, if it's Postmates one night and I need to relax and rejuvenate myself for tomorrow, I'll do Postmates. It's hiring a housekeeper to come clean my house and do the laundry and just tidy things up a little bit so that it's just one less thing I have to think about. Rachel Rogers is big on that. Whether it's buying an Uber so I can send emails in, in the car, on my phone, on the way to an event I have to go to. Really, when I, I believe that when you become successful in your business or when your business starts to take off and you advance from solopreneur to entrepreneur to the CEO position, your time becomes the business's most valuable asset because in many ways you are the one that can most significantly move the needle forward. So really get very clear on where are you wasting time because you think it's worth it to save a couple bucks 
um, and then ask if I invested in not necessarily saving this, but invested in my time back. And that meant, you know, spending $150 versus $75 for AirPods. How can that benefit my business? And the third tip is to invest in upper management, which as an entrepreneur, when you have your first hires, it feels as if it's you guiding the ship and then, you know, a couple of team members underneath you working on whatever branch of the business and industry you're in. But the minute you want to transition from entrepreneur to more of a CEO role, is when you hire upper management, is when you bring someone in on a senior level that creates a, you know, an organizational chart of who is reporting to who. And in that, you gain a little bit more expertise in your business. You know, a lot of the times as the entrepreneur, it is so helpful to have someone close by who you can trust with more higher strategy business development with some of the, you know, quarterly goals, maybe your revenue projections or what the reality is, what you need to hit. Hiring an upper management for me was extremely scary. I did it this year. I hired our director of clients, Heather, who oversees our account managers and our account coordinator and then reports a lot back to me. Creating that structure allows me allows allowed me to remove myself from the day-to-day minutia tasks, right? And allowed me to oversee and look at something at a bigger picture. It allowed me to create business strategy. It allowed me to create systems at which sales can come in. It allowed me to fine-tune some of our best practices. And so when you start building out and fleshing out a team, managing a team can really, really take up a lot of your time, as we said, which can take you away from the things that you most need to do. So while hiring upper management for me was a very scary move, I felt as if it was a big risk or it was a big expansion, financial expansion for myself. It was the absolute best thing I could do because going back to point two, it gave me back my time so that I could do the things that I need to do. And I'm going to give you one more. Let's go for four. Let's go for four. Every single day I wake up, I go into my business and I ask myself, Am I doing, and everything that I'm doing on my to-do list, are these tasks that only I, as the CEO, as the owner and founder of the business can do? If it is a task that someone, it, if, there's a, if it's a task where it doesn't have to be me doing it, that means one of my team member does it. And I'll tell you why. I want to put my time and concentrated effort into the places where nobody else can show up but me. For example, this podcast. For example, sales calls. For example, a meeting with my accountant. All of those things are things that the other team members cannot tap in and do for me. Everything that I do on a daily basis, I want it to be so streamlined as the things that only the CEO or the owner can show up to. Because if that's the case, that means that I'm moving the needle in the best way possible. If there is a task of building a podcast list, right, that kind of needs to be picked up. Like last week, we had to build a podcast list and, uh, you know, it kind of, we were a little bit overworked last week. I would have usually stepped in, but that's not where my time is best spent. And I've delineated and created an organizational chart where people have specific roles. So something that 
my assistant can Danielle can do or something that our director of clients would be better equipped to doing or something that our account managers can do. Those are the things that those roles get to do and everything on my to-do list, for the most part, obviously it's not perfect. I like to be as, as lean as possible towards the things that other people on my team can't jump into and take over. That way I know I am using my time the most efficiently. And again, I know I've said this like 25 million times on this episode, moving the needle forward in the best way possible. So when tasks come onto your workload, you ask yourself, am I the only one that can do this right now in this business? And if it's yes, then you do it. If it's no, you outsource it. For example, I wanted to go to a conference. I got an email. I was invited to buy a ticket and I had to do this whole registration thing. Well, my assistant has all my information and she can do it. I'm not the only one that can do that. So I forwarded her the email and she signed me up. That saved me a couple minutes, sure, and it might seem trivial, but getting into that routine and that habit will open up so much time so that you can sign the high-end retainer client, so that you can secure your product in Nordstrom's or Urban Outfitters, so that you can get that meeting with the investor. So that's it. Let me do a really, really quick recap. The first is job delineation and allowing your team to do their jobs and step back and not micromanage them. The second is your time. What is it worth to you? What is your hourly rate? And how can you start looking around your life and investing more in your time? The third is to invest in upper management. And the fourth is to make sure that all the tasks on your to-do list are things that only the CEO can do. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scout's agency to OKSYS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here, and I will see you on the next episode.